House and Senate appropriators appear to have come up with a 2019 funding solution that both sides can at least stomach. But the 35-day shutdown continues to teach through the stories it produced. Here with a few of the doozies, or lessons learned, you might say, Mallory Bard-Bowman, Vice President for Research and Evaluation at the Partnership for Public Service. And Mallory, it sounds like you had the, or your organization, had the dreary task of collecting all of the bad stories you could find about the shutdown. And I thought, outside of the ones that we reported by the millions here at Federal News Network, you might want to share some of what you thought were the real doozies. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And good morning, Tom. Thanks for having me. So one of the things that I was really struck by as I was looking at the the impacts of the government shutdown is the reality that there are very few issues out there that aren't addressed by every level of government in every sector. And so when the government is shut down, you saw impacts on, on pretty much everything that folks were trying to do. So you know, there were reports out of New York that uh, because of staffing shortages, there were family visits that were that were canceled, and inmates reportedly went on a, a hunger strike there. You saw some, you know, 2,500 retailers around the country being unable to accept any form of SNAP payments because they failed to meet a license renewal deadline before the shutdown. You saw some companies such as Uber and Lyft were waiting for lawyers at the Securities and Exchange Commission to review paperwork to qualify them to have a public stock offerings. Each of these instances are places where you have the interdependence of different sectors. And when one isn't working, you really start to see the impact on the others. In other words, if the government is only partially shut down, but there are two agencies that must interact and one is open and one is shut, the open one might as well be shut. Even, you know, that applies across sectors as well. Just because you're the private sector doesn't mean that you don't have a reliance on the government to be able to do your business. And, you know, we really saw any number of different things. Um, You know, Ogden, Utah, which is a hub of IRS and U.S. Forest Service employees. There's about 5,000 people employed there from those two agencies. You saw business at restaurants drop by about half. Uh, similarly, in the D.C. area, you saw uh, taxicab drivers really affected because people weren't traveling as much. The Washington Metro Area Transit Authority lost about $400,000 every weekday from the shutdown because train ridership decreased by 16 percent and bus ridership decreased by about 8 percent. Um, it started affecting travelers. You know, this was something that, that certainly made the news. But Washington Dulles Airport closed screening lanes on January 14th because of absent TSA agents. Miami International Airport and Houston's George Bush Intercontinental Airport closed screening lanes during the weekend of January 12th and 13th. You know, it really started to impact people's lives. Interestingly, people, by the same token, I think, had the reaction that, wow, those people are remarkable because they are doing their jobs and we know they're not working. I'm thinking of the Transportation Security Administration. And I, I know one, some friends, a couple were flying and the wife was nervous because she was thinking, well, what if they're just going through the motions and they don't really care what they screen and somebody's bringing guns and bombs aboard. But in fact, that wasn't the case. They were doing what they were supposed to do. Maybe they didn't like it, but they didn't do anything that would take it out on the public or somehow affect safety as far as we can tell. We know the federal workforce is profoundly mission driven. When you know the Federal Employee Viewpoint Survey, which is, as you know OPM administers every year, asks questions about, you know, I'm willing to put in effort extra effort to get my job done or I know my work matters. You have upwards of 90% of people agreeing with those statements. And 
you know, we know that the federal workforce cares profoundly about making a difference, and that's why they come to work every day. But the truth is, as we dig a little deeper into the Partnership for Public Service and the Boston Consulting Group's uh, data, we do see that the drivers of engagement, the willingness of people to put put things you know, put in that little bit of extra discretionary effort really relies on a couple of things. One being leaders. And we did see agency leaders, particularly at shutdown agencies, being very present over shutdown, over social media, over regular media with their employees, making sure that they were regularly communicating. The second is what we call skills mission match. So are you able to make a difference? Are you able to use your skills to contribute to the work of the agency? That really impacted people who were furloughed, you know, people who by law and legally were not allowed to come to work. The third is often pay. And, you know, truthfully, at the end of the day, we saw changes in federal employee behavior in terms of starting to look for new jobs, those kind of things, after that first and then that almost second missed paycheck, where, you know, people's ability to feed their family, to get medicine for, for their loved ones, to pay their rent, those really became affected. We're speaking with Mallory Barg Bowman, Vice President for Research and Evaluation at the Partnership for Public Service. I think the other thing we learned is that the way that you bring employees back matters in terms of how well they perform and how good they feel about the future once they do return to work. I think NASA was a really good example of how to do it correctly. One of the things the Partnership for Public Service really saw, we started a uh, Ready to Restart initiative during the shutdown to make sure that feds had a network of individuals to talk with to really get those success stories of what are you doing on the first day back and recognizing that you do need to welcome people back. People aren't going to be ready to just jump right back into where they left things. In many cases, you know, computers needed to be updated. All kinds of things needed to be done. We saw almost every federal agency that had been shut down. You saw leadership welcoming people at the front door, standing there, personally shaking people's hands. You saw um, employee groups chipping in for donuts and other things to kind of give people a chance to spend some time together when they first got in. You saw leaders making sure they're taking the time to prioritize new tasks. You know, places like the IRS, they came back to a backlog of 5 million unanswered pieces of mail from taxpayers. So that's a place where you really need to have a conversation of where do we start? What is the priority here? And so you saw leaders actively taking that on. Similarly, there's a lot of just calendar processes in the government, whether it is the budget process, whether it is the performance management cycle. Leaders really took a chance to reevaluate where they are, what they expect of people, and when they expect it by. We have a wonderful blog post written on the Partnerships website by Tracy Martini, who is the um, Chief Human Capital Officer at the Peace Corps, talking about the really extensive work that they did to prepare. They made sure that they had quite a bit in place to recognize and welcome people back. And, and it really has made all the difference in getting people back successfully and, and making sure that they want to stay. Now, with respect to previous shutdowns, this one really outran them all by a couple of weeks, really. So we were in historically uncharted territory. Do you think that the lessons learned from this one are distinct and will update the kind of canon on lapses and appropriations because of the length 
that took it into historical territory. You know, each shutdown is unique. It depends on when during the year it falls. It depends on which agencies have elapsed in appropriations. But I think the one message that we can see through this is clear is that you know, government shutdowns are going to continue to happen unless incentive and processes change. And, and we really need to make sure that this is not the default. We need to make sure that federal employees have the opportunity to do their jobs, have the opportunity to serve their country, and deliver the services that citizens expect. We really do need a functioning and healthy federal government, and this isn't the way to do business. Yeah, I was just thinking when you said that, that yes, the citizens deserve this from the government. The government employees deserve to do their work because nobody's getting a tax refund because of the time the government was shut down. It's going to take a long time to get things back. And and some in some cases, such as the sciences, where you lose trend data, you lose continuation, you know, th- those are harms that could take generations to repair. Well, hopefully it won't happen again. Mallory Barg-Bowman is vice president for research and evaluation at the Partnership for Public Service. Always good to talk these things over with you. Thank you very much, Tom. And we'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. SMS text, 1118 a.m. Hey, girl, emergency. You wouldn't believe what just happened. Are you at your desk? I ripped my skirt and like half my tush is hanging out. Third floor bathroom, please help. LOL. When you send messages on SMS, someone else could be reading them. With end-to-end encryption, WhatsApp ensures that your personal messages are your personal messages. WhatsApp, always message privately. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Do flowers have best friends? I don't know. Hey, look. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.